Welcome to Essence Place if you haven't been here before. Hi, Marianne. I see you back there. So I'll be um, coming from Timothy 2 and 1 through 7. Today I'm going to be speaking about fear and doubt because that's what I feel like the church is going through. Even though there's times that we may feel that. But fear and doubt is something we all carry. No matter what, how small, how big, fear and doubt we carry. We carry it um, when we go to work. We carry it when we're with our families. We carry it. So God has been speaking to me to talk to you about fear and doubt. Things that we need to get rid of because in Jesus, there's no fear. So he's wanting us to let go of certain things. And hopefully this word will speak to you. If it's not, then... Um, just receive it. Amen. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith of Jesus Christ. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when, I, when we're together again. I remember the genuine faith for you share, with the, share the faith that the first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know the same faith can send you strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into the flames the spiritual gifts God hath given you when I laid hands upon you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or doubt, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Apostle Paul met Timothy when he was doing his second missionary journey in Derby. My heart goes out to you missionaries. You're doing an awesome job. Praise the Lord. He asked Timothy to join the evangelistic team. Timothy was only 16 years old when he was called. But God's calling was on him. Everyone here has a calling. And we need to know what that calling is. Timothy becomes Paul's protege. The two journey to places such as Troas, Philippi, and Corinth. Years later, Timothy is, um, is in Ephesus. And Paul is in prison in Rome for the second time. And from there, he writes this second letter written to Timothy, his spiritual son. I believe Paul knew exactly what Timothy was going through. He knew his heart. He knew it because he went through it in himself. Paul had similar experiences. At that time, the church was under persecution under Emperor Nero. And knowing that his time would be coming to an end, Paul had to encourage Timothy. How many of us will encourage somebody when you know your, your line is about to, you're about to die? They're about to kill you. They're about to behead you. They're about to. I would probably feel like, oh, my God, I don't even have time to encourage myself. I'm going to encourage someone else. You know, but God, um, Paul, took that time to encourage Timothy because he was doing God's work. He had discernment to see that Timothy was going through something. So he said, I got to encourage my brother to continue the work because Timothy was young. He was probably now in his 20s. And to have all of this stuff going around, 
and seeing that people were being murdered because there were Christian people were being jailed, people were being, he said, I got to encourage my brother. So out of that prison cell, he encouraged him. In this letter, Paul offers Timothy a personal challenge to keep Jesus no matter the circumstances, the risks, and the challenges. At times we have challenges and we give up on God. We have risk and we're like, nope. We remove God of all the whole center where he should be the center. There are days we feel more challenged than others in our jobs. We feel anxious about health issues, work issues, our elderly parents, our children. And that's just to name a few. We have feeling that comes over us at times that we don't even know where this feeling came from. We watch the news, we go into the internet, and we see sad and terrifying occurrences happening everywhere. In the city, in our state, in our world, we get a bit anxious and doubtful. Fear and doubt is something I deal with. Maybe a couple of you also. Some of us carry it better than others. I do. But it's there. Some of us might be saying to yourself right now, I don't suffer from fear and mm, I don't have doubt. So this sermon may not be for you like I said before. But some of us have fear of change, social anxiety, fear of failure, rejection, uncertainty, fear of sickness, fear of not fitting in, things not going our way. We have self-doubt. We doubt ourselves. Will this work or not? Am I doing this right? Do I fit in? Doubt from others? You may have a great idea um, and you run it over by your friend or family member and they tell you, you know what? You might have the greatest idea. It could probably make you rich or it can make you, and you give it to someone. You're like, you know what? I have this great idea. What do you think? And they're like, no, that's not going to work. I don't think that's going to work. You know, nah, nah. All of a sudden, that fear, doubt comes in us. And we're like, so we papoot it and we push it to the side. And next thing you know, you see someone else doing what you had thought before, years later. And they're being financially set with this idea. And we're like, wow, I thought of that before. But doubt came in. And that's just an, a, a silly example. Fear has roots Tons of roots. And then I wanted to show you the synonyms, synonyms of root, not cinnamon, synonym of root. Synonym for fear, anxiety, apprehension, concern, despair, dismay. And this is the synonym for doubt, apprehension, confusion. How many of us at times walk in confused? We go to work confused. We look confused. <laughs> We have difficulty, disbelief, distrust. We hesitate. Hesitation is one of them. Fear. I could tell you, I could, I could go through some that I go on a daily. I, I, yep, today I'm hesitant. Just to give you an example, one day I was working with a doctor and I put, the, I put all the instruments out. I know I did. I put all the birds. I put everything that he needed to use. And, you know, we work in a fast-paced practice, so all of a sudden... He's like, Jen, where's, I'm like, I put it there. <clears throat> I put it there. I know I put it there. All of a sudden, the little thing is so tiny, it rolled under the other instruments. And I was like, I know. So I'm already taking off, tearing up my gloves to find another. He's like, Jen, I found it. He's like, you doubted yourself, huh? 
And I'm like, wow, yeah, I did. But I knew I put it there, but I doubted myself. So see how it comes in and sneaks in? In verse 7, it reads, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and doubt, but a power, love, and self-discipline. Other versions say sound mind. The spirit of fear refers to a frame of mind. The power in the scripture signify the Holy Spirit. Love brought to us by the Holy Spirit and self-control, all made possible by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who demands us to keep our faith in Jesus Christ. So if we are connected, doubt and fear will go. Through my life, I have learned to trust God and rely on him even in difficulties. I can't do it on my own. I learned that God timing is not when I want it. How many of us do that? How many want, we want something and we want it right now. And God is saying, I'm not going to give it to you right now. And we're like, God, I need that right now. I want this to happen right now. I want you to move mountains right now. God, you said you are. And we start kind of preaching or, or, or speaking back his words. And you said that you, and God is saying, no, not right now. But we want it now. We're like Veruska in the chocolate factory, you know, when she's like, I want it now. And she falls into the hole. Let's not fall into that hole, you know, because God is not ready. If we're not, he's not, if he's not, if we want it right now and he's not ready to give it, forget it. We could turn blue in the face. He's not going to give it to us. I've learned that God's timing is not when I want it, but God's timing is perfect. Even in our wanting, he knows exactly what he's doing. I have learned that I have constantly be connected in the power source of Jesus. We have our cell phones, and when that little red line shows up, we're like, we're looking for a, a power code to charge our phones. But spiritually, we don't do that with Jesus. Spiritually, we're sitting here at times coming in and out of church, doing the same thing because we're just, oh, service starts at 10, I need to be there. But we're not keeping ourselves connected to Jesus. I learned that because we serve God, it does not mean that the enemy will stop whispering in our ears. The enemy comes to cause chaos, confusion, doubt, fear, and we know that these things are not of God. First Peter 5 and says, stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When the enemy comes in to put all sorts of crazy thoughts in our mind, we start giving up on our dreams. We start giving up on goals. We doubt we're not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough. Our family will not be delivered. We fear change. We fear sickness. We, all these things start coming into our, our spirit. If the adversary can plant doubt in our minds, we start doubting ourselves. If we doubt ourselves, we will never reach the potential God has for us. Shut those doubts and negativity away. Do not give those whispers a chance to process in your mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a doubt, power, and love, and self-discipline. Call out to Jesus. The enemy knows that each of us are forced to be reckoned with and will do anything to stop us. He wants us to give up. Paul encourages Timothy from a dark, damp, and dirty prison cell knowing that he would be put to death. Paul takes time to encourage his brother. In his turmoil, he encourages his brother. And like I said before, 
if I was Paul, I wouldn't even know if I had it in me to encourage my brother or sister. But that's why God is saying for us to get out of our complacency. Some of us may be like Paul, not in an actual prison cell, but in a prison cell of doubt and fear that won't let us move further. We break that mindset in the name of Jesus. We need to stop feeling as we don't belong. We belong in the kingdom of God. God is omnipresent and he loves us. He gives us strength. He sees us and we matter. Luke 12 and 32 says, Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is the time we need to come together serving the Lord, one another being our brother and sister's keepers, just like Paul did to to Timothy. We need to be accountable for one another. We need to encourage one another. The way Paul encouraged Timothy, we are not in this alone. We need an attitude of grace and forgiveness and taking on one another's burdens. There are people here in the same space that may need prayer, may need someone to talk to, may be going through something. Someone needs to be in agreement with them. Don't fear... Don't fear and do, um, and do not doubt. God is saying in this season, come out of your comfort zone. I'm with you. Whatever you need, I'm going to give it to you. But I need you to stretch a little this, this season. I know right now there's a change happening. Even here, it's happening in this place. In this, some of us may feel confused with the changes that are happening with our pastors. That's God's doing. It's not ours. Amen. But we may have, like, fear right now what's going to happen or doubt. Hmm, Will the pastors? It's God's timing. When God says move, we have to move with him or stay behind. And we have to move when he says move. Amen? Doubt has creeped up, but God is doing a new thing. We're in a season of stretching, a season to get rid of doubt and fear out of our comfort zones and trust God's move. It may feel uncomfortable and we may feel feel awkward, I was telling you, put that word awkward there. I'm like, I don't know. But some of us feel awkward. But God is asking for us and every one of us to take a leap of faith. God wants us to trust him in his process. In this process, God is asking you to move willingly. Don't sit down on your gifts. Don't wait for someone to call you. Get out of your comfort zone. Get rid of fear and doubt. We need to step out of complacency and into place of trusting and getting rid of fear. Whatever is stopping us, pray over it. Have someone pray with you. We need to stop coming in, just warming up a chair and going back the way we came in. God is saying, why? Why? God is calling us to have a relationship with him. A relationship. I have a relationship with my husband. We know one another. We, I, know his, I know what he thinks. There's times he knows what I'm thinking, what I want to eat, or vice versa. That's the relationship God wants you to have with him. He wants you to, that my daughter, I want you to do this. My son, I want you to do, and you need to do it. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Today, I ask you to take a personal challenge, each of you, to keep following Jesus no matter the circumstances, no matter the risk, no matter the challenges. That he's moving in our lives 
Even if you don't see it, he's moving. God is saying, get closer to me. Come closer. Pray. When you feel that urge of praying, pray. When you feel that urge of fasting, fast. God is moving. He's moving and we need to move with him. He cannot move before us and we're standing back here. He, we have to move with him. So I challenge you to move with him. We've been praying and fasting for a lot of things in this church. We're praying for, and fasting for things to move. We're praying for fasting personal things that we have in our lives, personal matters in our homes. And I already see God moving. So I thank God for that. And he's saying, move with me. Get out of your comfort zone. Get rid of that fear. Get to know one another in this house. At times we walk in the church, and I'm a shy person. I get very used to the people that I'm around with, so I kind of like gravitate to them. It's like a magnet, okay? This is, okay, I'm going to go and gravitate to the people I know. And there's times God is saying, Jennifer, you have to move and talk to other people. And I'm like, okay, okay. I get anxiety. It, it, it gets me, I get anxious. And God is saying, remove that fear. So I am in person, I'm being challenged right now too. And I feel it. I'm like, God, I'm going to move when you tell me to move. I'm going to speak when you tell me to speak. So let me do your work. So I just challenge you, each and every one of you, to know each other better here. If you need prayer, like you said before, you're teaching the children to pray. It's not the Holy, little junior Holy Spirit or big Holy Spirit. It's one Holy Spirit that lives in all of us. And we're praying for missionaries. There's so much things that we need to be praying for in this whole world. And just because we see it decaying and we see things falling apart, and at times we even ask God, God, where are you in all of this? He says, I'm here. I haven't moved. Did you move? We have to pray. We have to speak. We have to get to know one another as a brothers and sisters of Christ. And keep us, we have to be accountable for one another. And I felt like God was saying that to me, to speak to you about it today. We have to be accountable for one another. You need prayer? Pray. Hey, you, you want me to um, stand in agreement with you? I'll stand in agreement with you. So I'll leave you with this. Be accountable for one another. Amen? Pray for one another. I just thank you. And I'm going to pray. If we could stand, please. We could bow our heads. Father, today we pray for discernment. We pray that the Holy Spirit that indwells in all of us will give us peace beyond your understanding, Lord. Remove fear and doubt when it comes into our minds. God, we ask you that we don't sit on our gifts, but that we are using them according to your will. That you give each person discernment to see their potential in you. That they will see their gifting. We pray for such discernment not to only make wise choices, God, but to know what to do at that time. That we rely only and solely on you, Father. To serve you also, um, to serve in our blessings and our difficulties. To know precisely when something is from you and when something is not. Father, we want you to be obedient to your call in our lives. 
Bless each house represented here. Bless our pastors, Pastor Brad and Kristen, as they're having family time, Father God, that you will bless them. Bless Raphael and Claudia as you're doing something new, Father God, that we will stand with you, that we will stand with our pastors, God, doing the work that you called us to do. God, we thank you for everything in this place. God, we thank you for the word that was said, God. We thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.